0: your traditions around Thanksgiving time for giving thanks? Do you do, you do like the video share? Do you go around the, the table, everyone who's gathered there, and maybe you start either with the, the very youngest person who's there, or maybe you start with uh, the, the eldest person who's there, and they share what they're thankful for that year. Maybe it's not something that you do with Thanksgiving. Maybe it's something you do more regularly. Uh, maybe it's an everyday practice for you. You have a gratitude journal that you fill out at night before you head to bed personally or as a family practice. Maybe it's a little bit more sporadic. Maybe for your family, it's really good that we have a day set aside for Thanksgiving so that you take the time to say what you're thankful for and for what you are grateful However you do it in your family, whatever practice you put in place, those practices are good and they are healthy. There's been studies that have shown that expressing your gratitude, thinking about what you're grateful first of all, but then actually expressing it to somebody, telling somebody, writing it down. It's been linked to higher satisfaction with your life, greater happiness, greater joy. And as you saw in the video, saying thank you, being grateful also helps us from taking things for granted. Even some of those very, very simple things, so maybe when you go around the table, maybe it's the youngest child who who just says something that it's every day, it's always there, but they're grateful for it. And it keeps us from taking things for granted. The danger when you take something for granted is that you may neglect it. You may abuse it. You may forget about it. And you might even lose it. And what if we took the Bible... For granted? What if we took God's word for granted? What would happen if we neglected that or abused it or, or kind of forgot about it? And we pushed it off to the side? We got so accustomed to its presence in our lives as an everyday thing, always available to us, that we we let it slip in importance. What implications would that have for you? and your family and what dangers would be there could you possibly neglect or abuse God's word could you be in danger of losing God's word completely those questions were not rhetorical For the people of God who lived at the time when a young boy became king and Josiah was really that a young boy he was eight years old when he was declared the true and rightful king over God's people in the kingdom of judah that was the the southern kingdom because after king solomon had ruled over god's people there was a civil war the kingdom was divided there was north and there was south the northern kingdom retained the name of israel the southern kingdom was known as judah and the northern kingdom at this point actually had been destroyed because they had neglected God's word, because they had abused it because of their idolatry and and chasing after other gods. The true God had allowed the Assyrian army to come in and take over their land. But at this time, Judah had held on. Judah continued, even though evil kings had reigned in Judah, even though idolatry was rampant there, even though God's word had been abused and neglected as well. God's promises and love for David's line and his people had protected them to this point. But those idolatrous ways wore on his patience. But even as a a young boy, King Josiah was different. And the description that we get of Josiah from the biblical historian, it's both surprising and refreshing. If you want to follow along, this is at the beginning of 2 Kings chapter 22. And it tells us this about Josiah. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and followed completely the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left and Josiah had a desire to worship the true God and it was that desire to worship the true God that inspired him to lead some religious reforms in the nation 12 years into his reign so at 20 years old and then 18 years into his reign at 26 he decided to begin a restoration project of the temple that had fallen into disrepair And it was during that restoration project that they made an unexpected discovery. Verse 8 says this, Hilkiah the high priest said to Shaphan the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the temple of the Lord. He gave it to Shaphan who read it. Now this book of the law would have contained at least portions of The biblical books that we know of as Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, those first five books, the ones that Moses had wrote down, important foundational historical truths for the the history of God's people, but not just even God's people, the history of the world. Those books contained the instructions, the guidance that God had given his laws and commands that would govern his people in their civil life, in their ceremonial life, their religious life, and also just morally those laws and commands that would set them apart as his own people, distinct and different from, from all the people that surrounded them, marking them as a people blessed by God, blessed by his grace. And so look at the reaction of Josiah. When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his robes. Now in this culture, tearing your robes, that's, that's not a sign of your impressive strength. He's not trying to be like the Hulk or Superman or something like that, no. Tearing your robes is a sign of the deepest Distress. The kind of distress and sadness that can only be communicated by the sound of ripping cloth. Reflecting how the very fibers of your heart are ripping with pain. Josiah understood what this meant. Josiah understood what God's people had lost, what they had neglected and forgotten. They had taken for granted the word of God, and Josiah understood the punishment that was rightfully theirs. This is what he said Great is the Lord's anger. It's in the middle of verse 13. Great is the Lord's anger that burns against us because those who have gone before us have not obeyed the words of this book. They have not acted in accordance with all that is written there concerning us. The pervasive evil of both king and citizen who had come before Josiah had shoved aside god's word they forgot it they hid it away and the consequences were severe not only did they they lose all those commands and instructions that set them apart as god's own people not only did they incur god's holy and zealous and and just and righteous wrath But they also lost everything that pointed them to the coming Christ. They also lost everything that declared to them God's incredible mercy, His unfailing love, His overwhelming grace. Losing God's word meant that they lost God's promises. To undo all the damage, all the sadness that sin had wrought in this world. Losing God's word meant that they had lost the instructions for the the Passover celebration. Which demonstrated how God (laughs) was a God of redemptive love. How God would, would cover over his people with His grace, with the blood of His own Lamb. Losing God's word meant that they lost a a true understanding of every step of that day of atonement, the day that declared to them that by God's grace their sins were removed from them far away, as far as the east is from the west, never to be attributed to them again. Losing God's word meant that they lost God's purposes for the temple and God's promises and his desire to dwell among and with his people. Losing God's word meant that they lost sight of the complete fulfillment of that word that would be found in Christ. See, when you lose God's word, you lose sight of Jesus. And perhaps that's why they lost it. If you approach God's word and you just see it as a list of rules to be obeyed, instructions to follow, guidelines for your life, well, then doesn't it make it easier to push it aside? Neglect it and abuse it, to forget about it. But it's so important not to lose God's word. Fear and terror filled Josiah's heart as he thought about all that the people had lost. But joy and gratitude could take its place as he thought about all that the people had now gained again. And dear friends, that's what I pray for you today. That joy and gratitude would fill your heart as you reflect on all that has been given to you in and through God's holy word. You have discovered again this precious treasure and everything that God declares to you through his word it's been preserved for you throughout centuries and ages and this word of God that you have it's even more full more complete than the book of the law that Josiah discovered because everything in this word it points you to Jesus it points you again and again and again and again to God's grace his mercy, his compassion that he has for you. Jesus is the one to whom all of God's word points. And so that's why the gospel writer John began his own account of Jesus' life by saying these words. In the beginning was the word. And he's talking about Jesus. Because he says that that word... God's word to us, it became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus can be called that very word of God because he is the fulfillment of everything written in God's word. And when we see Jesus, that helps us to see God's word clearly and it helps us to approach God's word rightly maybe you haven't completely lost God's word but is your own gratitude for that word of God is it less than you would hope for in your own heart is it where you want it to be have you let your love for his word slip? Has it become a little bit easier to, to avoid Sunday morning worship? A, a little bit easier maybe to, to just pass over the, the Bible reading that, that you were going to do in the morning or at night, the, the family devotions that, that you were going to start. Maybe you've never felt that God's word was worth your time worth your investment. Maybe God's word has always just aggravated you, frustrated you, has felt overbearing and overwhelming. Just a bunch of rules that, that you can't actually live up to, you can't follow. And if you've had those thoughts, then may I ask you, How are you approaching God's word? Are you looking at it as that list of rules to follow? Are you looking at it as the revelation of the righteousness that has been given to you in Christ? If you've never found joy in God's word, then... Then maybe we got to approach God's word differently. Maybe you haven't seen Jesus and just how special Jesus is. Josiah was a very special king, Uh, his name means the Lord heals. And you see in this historical account how God did work some restoration and healing through Josiah and his kingship. He did restore some godliness to the people. In the beginning of chapter 23, we hear about some of the work that he did as he renewed the covenant with God's people. It tells us that the king stood by the pillar and renewed the covenant in the presence of the Lord. To follow the Lord and keep his commands, statutes, and decrees with all his heart and all his soul. Thus confirming the words of the covenant. That's the the promise that God had made to his people. That if they were faithful to him, he would always be faithful to them. He confirmed the words of the covenant written in this book. Then all the people pledged themselves to the covenant. And we celebrate. We think it's a a turning point for God's people. But it wasn't enough. In that very same chapter, verse 26, tells us this. After it tells us everything that Josiah did, how he took down all the altars, all the high places, all the places where the people were worshiping other gods, nevertheless, The Lord did not turn away from the heat of his fierce anger, which burned against Judah because of all that Manasseh, that was a previous king, had done to arouse his anger. Josiah was a special king, but what he did couldn't completely take away sin. It wasn't enough to remove the sin for the the kingdom of Judah. It certainly wasn't enough to remove sin for the entire world, which is why God sent another king. Even though Josiah didn't turn aside from the right or the left, he loved God with his whole heart, with all his soul. Not all the people followed. And even Josiah, he was a sinful man in need of rescue. And so God sent Jesus, a true king. And Jesus' name means the Lord saves. And through Jesus, God has saved you and me. He sent Jesus to save the whole world, to take away the sins of all. Jesus fulfilled all of God's word He fulfilled all of God's word first and foremost as he lived perfectly the life that we couldn't live. He lived out God's law perfectly in our place. Jesus never turned aside from God's instructions, God's commands, neither to the left nor to the right. He always was right on. He loved God with all his heart, all his mind, all his soul every single day. And he lived that life for us. Jesus fulfilled all of God's word then as he died as a sacrifice to make us right with God. And Jesus was the king from David's line whose path to the throne came through the cross and a crown of thorns. But God's word reveals to us that in Jesus we stand righteous before God. In Jesus, we can stand before God unafraid. And that truth makes God's word so valuable. A precious treasure for us because it points our hearts and our minds to Jesus always. It always has Jesus as the focus. And Jesus, Jesus truly was the greatest king who had ever lived because he's invited you into his eternal kingdom. And so, dear friends, let us never take for granted how important God's word is for our lives. And when we see Jesus as a center of God's word, that allows us to then live with joy to, to listen to everything that God's word says, even those commands and the inst- instructions for how to live our lives, not with terror, not with fear, but with joy and gratitude. We, we want to live our lives to reflect Jesus, to shine Jesus out into our world to the glory of God so that others might know what Jesus means for them. Look at God's word, not as rules, but as revelation. The revelation that reveals to us forgiveness, grace, and mercy. So let's give thanks today. We know there's so much for which we can be thankful. Many blessings that God has given, but today, let us be grateful, let us be thankful for the precious treasure that we have in the Word of God. And the one to whom that Word always points Jesus, our Savior. Let's give thanks that we see Jesus there. Amen. Amen.